0: It's pretty annoying, isn't it? I mean, some of you are Disney addicts, right? And so you love it, but the rest of you are like all oh, this stinks. Cuz it will be stuck in your head all day long. I guarantee you that. I prepped this thing on Thursday. It's been a horrible couple of days. I'll tell you that. You hear that? It's getting stuck right there. Should we do it again? No, no, that's enough, but that's enough. You know, there is a technical term for that. It's called an earworm. I learned that this week. A catchy song or tune or jingle that worms its way in through your ear. It's an earworm. It gets stuck in your brain, and you sing it over and over throughout the day. You're welcome. (laughs) You'll do that now. And, And it's stuck there, and it's just over and over on repeat, and it is driving you crazy, right? There's many of these, by the way. Uh, how about The Lion Sleeps Tonight, right? That, that does that, Yellow Submarine. Or how about that horrible one from the 50s, Lollipop? That's from, that's from Satan, I'm telling you, right? That gets stuck. There's pop songs like All About That Bass, Call Me Maybe, Uptown Funk. Or how about Happy, which doesn't make me happy because it gets stuck in my head, right? Uh, There's old school ones like YMCA or pretty much any song from Queen, right? We are the champions. We will rock you, whatever. Those things just get stuck. They are earworms. Again, they wiggle in through your ear. They get stuck in your head and you hear them over and over and they are driving you crazy, and those are lies we believe. It's the same. They're, the lies we believe are earworms. These are things, not lies that we tell each other, but they're lies that we've heard from Satan. And as earworms, they've wiggled in there, they've got stuck in our brains, and they're repeating over and over, and they are making us crazy. I've told you already that if you believe a lie, it becomes your life. If you believe a lie, it becomes your life. You know why? Because it's an effing lie. I didn't say what you think I just said. By the way, look, look at this. It's an F in lie. What did you think I meant? <laughs> I'm a pastor for crying out loud. You are horrible people. <laughs> this is the stuff I do when Shannon leaves town, by the way. <laughs> it gets bad. It gets bad. Solving our parking problems one sermon at a time right there. <laughs> But here's the thing. I've told you, if you believe a lie, it becomes your life. Now you'll never forget it, right? Now now it's stuck. That's the thing. It becomes your life. It makes us crazy. It destroys us. And so we've been dealing with these lies that we hear, these lies we believe. We've dealt with three so far. We've looked at I am worthless. Then we talked about God could never forgive me. And Pastor Jerry did a great sermon last week on I'll never be a real Christian. Those are three lies. We've lined them up, knocked them down. Here is the next one for this week. We're going to be talking about, I'll be happy when. I will be happy when. This is a lie. This is an earworm. It has wiggled into our brains. It's stuck on repeat. We're believing it, and it is driving us crazy. It is not helpful. Let me tease it out so that you understand what I'm talking about. I will be happy when I get a car. Or I'll be happy when I get a new car, a different car, right? I'll be happy when I graduate from high school, when I graduate from college. I'll be happy when I move out of mom and dad's house. I'll be happy when I get a job. And then you get a job. And so I'll be happy when I get a new job, right? Because you don't like your job, right? And so I'll be happy when I get a promotion. I'll be happy when I get a raise. I'll be happy when I fall in love. I'll be happy when I get married. You see the next one? I'll be happy when I get divorced. Some of you have gone that route. Or maybe you're saying, I'll be happy when my marriage gets better. right? I'll be happy when? I'll be happy when? I'll be happy when I get a house. Now I'll be happy when I get furniture for that house. Oh, we got too much furniture. I'll be happy when we get a bigger house. We just keep going, right? I'll be happy when I get in shape. i got to lose 20 pounds. I'll be happy then. I'll be happy when so-and-so is pleased with me. This is the lie of pleasing people. If I just make so-and-so happy, then I'll be happy. Oh, there's so many of these. Some I even left. I'll be happy when I get a dog. I'll be happy when I get rid of the cat. Amen, right? I I hear you. I feel you, people. I feel you. Now, there's a whole other side to this. That Let let me just set it up this way. It's funny the things we ask people to pray for us. I want you to imagine that somebody in your community group comes up to you and says, hey, I really want you to join. Would you start praying for me? Here's the deal. I've asked my employer. For two years now, I've been asking my employer, would they please double my workload, and cut my pay in half. And by doubling my workload, what I want them to do is I want them to give me some employees. And these employees will be really disrespectful to me, and they'll never do what I say. And I've been asking for two years, and my employer hasn't given this to me, and I'm frustrated. Would you please pray with me for this? I just described parenthood. (laughs) Right? I mean, your workload doubles. But those kids gobble up the money so your pay gets cut in half and you get these people in your home who don't do a thing you say and they're totally disrespectful. And when we, we beg God for this, right? And, and it's not delivering for two years so would you please pray that God would give us kids? And what we're saying in that moment is I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when God gives me kids. But you're not. You see the list continues. I'll be happy when the kids sleep through the night. I'll be happy when the kids get out of diapers. I'll be happy when the kids get in school because then I'll get some time back during the day, right? I'll be happy when uh, the kids are out of the house. I'll be happy when the kids are out of my bank account. I'll be happy when I get grandkids. I'll be happy when I get out of debt. I'll be happy when I retire. And you see, it's about to get personal. (laughs) I'll be happy when I get my Harley. You'll notice there's only one thing on the whole list that is capitalized. It's not an accident, all right? Now listen, folks, as you look up there, none of those things are bad things, with the exception of divorce. If it's an unbiblical divorce, I get that. That's a bad thing. But otherwise, nothing up there is a bad thing. These are all good things. But here's the thing. That's your life, and then you die. In the entire time, the whole time, you're always putting your hope in, longing for, trusting in the next step along the way, not living in the now. You're never living now. You're never content. You're never happy. You're never enjoying. You're never present. You're always saying, I will be happy when. And then you get it. But I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when. And it's a lie. Don't believe that. That thing is an earworm that has wiggled in there. You're always putting your hope in the next thing, and, and we get it, and we're still not happy. You know, we're like little kids around Christmas time. You know how this goes, right? Like the kid says, Mom, what I really want for Christmas is a bike. I've got to have a bike. Smart kid tells mom, Don't tell dad. Dad's got nothing to do with the gifts, right? <laughs> he, he waits for Christmas to see what he got you, you know? And so, anyway, so, Mom, what I really want for Christmas is a bike. And then you get the bike for Christmas, and then you're completely satisfied for life, right? No, you're satisfied for a week at best. And then it's, I need an iPad. Wait a minute, I thought you were going to be happy when I got you a bike, and I got you a bike, you're not happy? No, I need an iPad. Now, we can make fun of the kids that do that, but if you look at that list, that's us. We do that our whole lives. I'll be happy when, and then you get it. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. That's what we do. Never never satisfied, never grateful, always looking for the next thing. It's such a lie. It is such a lie. Now, wait a minute. Folks, what if, what if you get all the toys? What if you get it all? Will you be happy then? Look at our celebrities and our culture. How many celebrities commit suicide? Overdose? Otherwise implode in their life? These are people who are beautiful, they're rich, and they're famous. They got all the toys, and they're not happy. I think Oscar Wilde said it best when he said this. He said, in this world, there are two tragedies. One is not getting what one wants, and the other is getting it. The last is much the worst. Even if you get all the toys, you, you won't be happy then. Great example of this comes from the Old Testament. A guy named Solomon. King Solomon, actually. One of the most powerful kings to ever live. Certainly one of the most powerful kings in Israel's history. Is one of the wisest men to ever live. One of the richest men to ever live. He had it all. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, oh, by the way, he wrote that. He wrote some books in your Old Testament. One of them is called Ecclesiastes. And in the second chapter, he writes out his life. And he's not bragging. He's just being transparent of how it didn't work out for him. And, and I'll paraphrase. it: He says that he has pleasure and laughter and wisdom and wine. He said, I've got houses and vineyards and gardens and orchards. i have got flocks and herds. He's got silver and gold you can't even count. He's got servants and concubines. I'm, I'm not saying that's a good moral system, but that, in that day, well, that was a sign of opulence. In fact, he said, I've got male and female servants whose only job is to sing to me for my entertainment all day long. He's saying, I've got all the toys. And then you know what he says? It's empty. It's meaningless. It's vanity. Literally what he says, it's a chasing after the wind. Try chasing the wind. You'll never catch it. You'll just always be chasing. He calls it a chasing after the wind. That's what it's like. And there it is, written in, down in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. It's been there for thousands of years, and yet still, you know what we do? We chase the wind. We still do it. Every day of our life, we're chasing the wind. I will be happy when? That is a moving goalpost. Or maybe a, a, a better way to think of it is it's a mirage you ever seen a mirage? This is a mirage. You're in the desert. It's sand, it's dry, you're terribly thirsty. And there's this trick that the heat and the sunlight play so that it makes a shimmer and there's water up on the horizon. Right? It's a mirage. And so what you do is you run to it. And when you get to the horizon, you know what you find? More sand. But it's okay. You know why? Look at the next horizon. There's another mirage. So you know what you do? You run to the next horizon. More sand. Keep running to the next horizon. Keep tra- that's our story right there. You are desperately thirsty in your whole life. You're trusting in the next mirage, the next horizon, thinking if I just get there, I will be okay. What I'm saying is you've never been content your whole life. Momentarily happy, but never content. Always trying to live in the tomorrow, not in the today. And that's a problem. Let me tell you how this earworm is making us crazy. You are biologically alive, but you are not living. You're not living. You're always trying to live in tomorrow, never in today. But here's the problem, folks. The only thing you have in life is a string of today's. Maybe that doesn't make sense. Let me explain it this way. One time I told you about a sign I saw at Bellasinos here in town. It's this sign right here. Free beer tomorrow. That thing's brilliant. That is just brilliant, right? Because you read that and you go, free beer, let's come back tomorrow. So you come back tomorrow and what do you find? You find a sign that says, free beer tomorrow. It doesn't say free beer today. It says tomorrow, so I'll come back tomorrow. And you're always chasing tomorrow. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when. You only get to live in a string of today's. And so here's what I want you to catch. Look at this. If you cannot be happy today, you will never be happy. Now for some of you, that's a really hard pill to swallow because you're thinking, man, my life is terrible. How in the world? I'll never be happy then. But I want you to understand something. You only get to live in a today. And so if you don't learn to be happy in a today, you'll never reach tomorrow. It's free beer tomorrow. You'll never be happy. I'll be happy when is To say, I will only be happy tomorrow, I'll never be happy today, but I only get to live today, so I'll never be happy. Maybe you've heard it put this way, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. You're saying, I'll be happy when? I'll be happy when is to be making plans for later, but life is what's happened to you today, in this moment and you're missing life you're alive but you're not living you're trying to live in tomorrow but you only get to live today folks at what point at what point do we quit this game like at what point do we say this is just madness this is a fool's errand i'll be happy when i'm done i mean i'm done with it are you done if you i want to i want you to say I'm done. I'm done no you're not i want to hear you say i'm done i'm done, I'm done with that game that's a stupid game I'm done with that. And so what we need to do is we need to get rid of this lie, but we have to replace it with something else. So you know what we do? We we tend to replace it with another lie from the world. Positivity. Positivity. Put positive out, positive will come back. And so I'm just going to be up. I'm going to fake it. I'm going to be positive all the time. And the problem is you're faking it. And we can tell. (laughs) And if we can't tell, you can't fool yourself. You know you're not happy. You know you're not content down deep. You're just faking it. You're trying to play some trick of the universe where I put positive out, positive comes back, and you're faking it, and it's unhealthy. I read one psychologist this week that said when we do that, when we deny negative emotions, it doesn't get rid of them. It just drives them down deeper, and, and they get more powerful, and it leads to emotional dysfunction. It just messes us up. It's another lie. It's a trap. So if we're not going to trade I'll be happy when for a lie of the world, what we need to do is we need to swap it out for the truth. And the truth comes from the Word of God, the Scriptures. And so we look to the Scriptures today in Philippians chapter 4. Now let me tell you what's going on there. Philippians is a book in your New Testament. It was written by the Apostle Paul to the church or the Christians in Philippi. He begins most, it's a letter actually from him, and most of the letter is he's spiritually encouraging them. But then as he gets to chapter 4, he's actually thanking them. See, the church in Philippi supported him financially, gave him money so that he could do his missionary endeavors. So some of this is a thank you letter to this church. But he doesn't want to be misunderstood as if as he's thanking them, he's kind of slightly asking for more money. And so he's saying, no, no, I don't, I'm not talking from need. I don't need more. And that's where we pick it off in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 Who strengthens me? How many of you are familiar with that last sentence? But not the rest of the paragraph. (laughs) And that's the problem. We'll talk about that in just a sec. Because what this passage is about, this passage, I highlighted some words. You see, content is highlighted there. This is all about contentment. Not I will be happy when, but content today, in the now, in the present. Notice, Uh, He said, in whatever situation I am, not I will be, not future, not then, I'll be happy when, no, now, today. He's living in the today, not the tomorrow. And as he lives in the today, he's learned to be content, he says, in any situation, right? In any and every circumstance, it says. Whether he is feasting or hungry, whether he's rich or poor, does not matter, in any of those circumstances, he can be content right then. That's amazing. That's amazing. So Paul is this dude that is so solid and so stable. Like he's not blown here and there by every wave of life, always hoping in the next thing. He's not like that. Somehow this guy is as content with life when he's poor as he is when he's rich. How does he do that? Well, he has a secret. And he wrote it down for us, see? It's a secret. And he said, here's the secret, folks. And he tells us what it is. And here it is, ready? It's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now I'm about to tick some people off, but that's, that's the job description sometimes, right? But uh, because that, pass, that sentence right there that all of you are familiar with, 4.13, that is perhaps the verse in the New Testament that is most misused, most misunderstood. It's always quoted out of context, misapplied. It becomes the stuff of t shirts and tattoos as a result. But here's the thing what does that thing mean? I can do all things through him who, who strengthens me. Does that mean I can dunk a basketball? I can do all things through him who strengthens me? No. I'm 48. I'm 5 foot 11 and I'm white. <laughs> I am not going to dunk a basketball anytime soon. It does not matter how much I quote Philippians 4:13. Doesn't matter. That's not what the verse means. You got to keep it in the context. The secret is contentment. Paul is saying he is able to deal with anything through Christ who strengthens him. So, rich or poor, feasting or famine, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what it means. So in the context of dunking, it doesn't mean that Christ is going to give me the strength to dunk. It means that Christ can make me content, give me the strength to be content, even because I can't dunk, while I can't dunk. That's what it means. How? Because Christ strengthens him. Oh, by the way, strength. So a lot of weightlifters, Christian weightlifters love this verse. I can do all things. It's not about lifting weights. It's about contentment. Although we can apply it in lifting weights. So let's say I want to put up 300 pounds. I'll be happy when, you No, know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Doesn't mean that Christ is going to give me the strength to lift 300. What it means is, if I never lift 300, Christ gives me the strength to have contentment and joy anyway. I'm just as content either way, lift it or don't, doesn't matter. I'm with Jesus. You see, that's what the verse means. In that tight little sentence, Paul has packed a ton of perspective. He does not say that he can do all things. He says he can do all things through him. That's Jesus who strengthens him. Okay, What this is about, this is Paul saying it's all about being in Christ, with Christ, walking with Christ, enjoying Christ. It's not a Sunday morning Christianity once a week thing. This is Paul and Jesus, moment by moment, every day, enjoying a relationship, having a ball together, no matter what comes his way. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is Christ. He's going on an adventure with Jesus. Let me ask you would you like your life to be an adventure? Be a blast. You understand sometimes adventures are hard, right? Like sometimes in an adventure, you run out of food, and then sometimes you get invited to a feast. But either way, you're on an adventure with Jesus. You're going at it with Jesus. That's a fantastic thing. Or use the terminology of a journey. Think about going life as going on a road trip, a wild road trip with Jesus. You and Jesus road tripping for life. Wouldn't that be a blast? Maybe you've heard the phrase, enjoy the journey, not the destination. That's what, what, I'll be happy when, is I'll be happy when I get to such and such destination. But here's the thing. We won't get to a destination until we die and go home for eternity. So if you're hoping in that, you understand there's no destination in this life. It's all journey. So if you're saying I'll only be happy at the destination, you are saying I will never be happy in this life. You gotta enjoy the journey, not the destination. The journey because Jesus is road tripping with you. And so sometimes you're broken down on the side of the road with a flat tire. It's pouring rain, and you and Jesus are changing the flat tire together. You're covered in mud, and you're laughing your butts off. You're on a journey with Jesus. You're enjoying the journey, not the destination. Some of you say, but pastor, some things aren't funny. Some things I can't laugh at. Yeah, I get it. There are some things that are hard, they're hurtful, they're sad, they're frustrating, But in that moment, Jesus is right there with you, giving you strength, giving you comfort. He's walking through it with you. That's the secret. It's Jesus with you. That's the strength. That's the secret. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, what I want you to understand, though, is, look, Jesus is not just some funny dude you get to road trip with. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of heaven and earth, that you get to road trip with, which means you submit to him on the journey. And submission's huge in this for contentment. Because like, look at your options. Look, one of the options is we go with arrogance. Arrogance says, I know what will make me happy. I will go get it, and then I will be happy. Do you hear the arrogance? That's I'll be happy when. That's how we live. That's arrogance. But humility says, God knows what I need. He is in control and He is developing me sometimes through hardship. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Of course, then there's gratitude. Gratitude says, Wow, look at all that He's given me already, and yet He owes me nothing. See, I'm always saying, I'll be happy when I'm looking at the next thing, not looking at all He's given me now, saying, Thank you, Jesus. And of course, the point is contentment. And contentment says, if I have Christ, I will be happy. I will always have Christ. Therefore, I will always be happy. Just give me Jesus. That's what I need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now granted, I want to grant you a point here that um, there is a very appropriate, I will be happy when. Because God has set eternity in our hearts. There is a longing within the human soul for the perfect, for paradise. Okay, side note. Some of you are perfectionists, right? You know who you are. Your spouse knows who you are. (laughs) Some of you are perfectionists, right? Perfectionists, this lie is your game. I will be happy when. You're always longing for the perfect. And you're never satisfied until then. I want you to know something. You will never experience perfection in a fallen world. Never. Never. And so if you're saying, I'll only be happy at perfection, you won't experience perfection until we get home someday, so you will never be happy in this life, never. I want to encourage you perfectionists to look for progress, not perfection. To be satisfied with progress, not perfection. But, but I grant you, there is. we all long for perfection. So we want paradise. Look, we're longing for the garden the Garden of Eden, it was perfect paradise. We had a perfect relationship with God who was right there. We loved it. We're made for that. And then we lost it. And we've got this fallen world as a result. And so we're still longing for that which we lost. We're longing for it to return someday. And someday it will. There is a very appropriate, I'll be happy when, and that is when I get home to the Lord. I'll be happy then. That's very appropriate. But notice, I'll get home to the Lord. The thing that makes heaven rock is the presence of God. See, I told you, contentment's all about, uh, if I have Christ in the now, I'll be happy now. Eternity is I have Christ in eternity, I'll be happy then. It's all about the presence of God. Okay? So Billy Graham caught that. He had this wonderful quote, and and I'm going to give it to you. It's so much more appropriate now that he's dead. It's awesome. Listen to this. He said, Someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. I shall be more alive than I am now. I will have just changed my address. I will have gone into the presence of God. The thing that makes heaven rock is the unmitigated presence of Jesus Christ. That's it. And yes, we should long for that. For that we should say, I will be happy when. That's appropriate. Okay, so with that under our belts, then what I want to share with you is something that clicked for me, and it was just so clear. It was clear as day for me. There are four time periods. And I'm not talking about, like, Middle Ages and Enlightenment. That's not what I'm saying. There are four time periods in which we live, and they're right here. Your past, your present, your future, and your eternity. Now, obviously, by future, I mean future on this fallen planet because I separated it from eternity. So there's four p- time periods, past, present, future, and eternity. And here's the goal of this. I want you to catch this. You know what Satan wants? He wants you to live in one and three. He wants you to live in your past and live in your future. And God wants you to live in two and four. He wants you in your present and in eternity. You see, because your past, that's, God could never forgive me. Satan loves it when you just get all bunged up about your past and he rubs your nose in what you've done. Just bunge up about your past. Satan loves that. But you know what? He's equally as happy if you live in your future. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy. And there's Satan just smiling. Oh, got him. Got him. Satan loves it when you live in the past and live in the future. God wants you to live in your present. Here and now. I've got Jesus. I'm happy. I walk with you. I'm on an adventure with Jesus. What's going on today, Jesus? Let's do it. God wants you to live in the present and then he wants you to live in eternity. The unmitigated presence of Jesus Christ. I'll be happy then. Yep. God wants you in two and four. Why don't we quit living in the past and quit living in the future? That's what I want for us. In fact, towards that end, would you bow your heads with me? I want to give you some space to think about this for a second. Would you get that earworm out of your head? That lie that says, I'll be happy when. Don't believe that lie. That that, that kind of thinking, that's free beer tomorrow. That's chasing a mirage. You'll be biologically alive, but you'll miss life. You'll never be happy. Because remember, if you can't be happy today, then you'll never be happy because you only live in a today. Tomorrow will always be tomorrow. Maybe some of you have heard the phrase, you only live once. YOLO. That's wrong. (laughs) It's not true. You only die once. Actually, that's that's what's correct. You only die once and then you go home to eternity. And from here to there, you've got a choice. You get to live every day if you choose. Not once. You don't live once. You get to live every day if you want. The old minister, Jonathan Swift, had a great blessing I want you to hear this. This is my prayer for you right now. May you live all the days of your life. Hear that? May you live all the days of your life. Join Jesus on the journey. Be happy because you have Christ with you now and look forward to eternity. Don't miss life. Don't live in the past and live in the future. In fact, I want to give you the opportunity to do something right now. I'd welcome you. If you want to, put your hands out in front of you and close your fists. If you just want to do it in your mind's eye, that's fine with me. But if you want to do it really, you put your hands out and you close your fists. Now, what you have in your hands, in one hand you have your past, and the other hand you have your future. And you've been clutching them your whole life, and it is an earworm. It is driving you nuts. And I don't want to give you the chance right now to let go of the past and to let go of your future. And now you have two open hands so that you can receive some gifts from God that he would put into one hand your now, your present, today, to live with Jesus. And he would put in your other hand eternity. I will be happy when I get home to the unmitigated presence of Jesus Christ. I can't wait. And I want you to close your hands on those gifts and you hold on to those two things tightly from here on. Father God, if I'm honest before you, we, we do that so clearly right now, but the problem is tomorrow comes and Tuesday and Wednesday and we forget and we slip. And I want to ask, I want to pray that you, through your Holy Spirit, would remind your people to let go of the past and let go of the future and to enjoy you today and to enjoy you in eternity that we would hold on to those two things. Father God, please, don't let us listen to those lies anymore. Don't let us play that foolish game of I'll be happy when. Free us, Lord God, please. And I pray in Christ's name. Amen.